Hello, hello, and welcome to the Health Hour of Informed Life Radio, brought to you by the wonderful Washington chapter of the Children's Health Defense. We are here on 1150 AM KKNW. We're also streaming to Informed Choice Washington's uh, Twitter page and Informed Choice Washington's Rumble page. So you can always catch us there and catch a repeat there if you want to watch it again, besides on CHD TV. You know, we're doing what we can to to try to spread health information, health news. Um, Do need to say that the views expressed um, during this hour are not necessarily those of um, uh, Children's Health Defense or uh, KKNW. Um, Free speech platform here. Um, Usually they agree, but you know, you never know. We just, we don't censor here, except for, I do warn our people, uh, we're on AM radio, so we do ask that you watch your language, because sometimes we get very passionate about our subject, and sometimes those words will slip out. Um, so we're not intending to give actual medical advice here, just giving you information that we hope you will take, explore more, and then make your own informed decisions. Go to your trusted healthcare providers in order to um, really make some good decisions for yourself and your family. And if you don't currently have a trusted healthcare advisor, somebody that is aligned with you on your approach to health and wellness, I encourage you to do that now. Begin shopping. Do the process. It's a bit like dating. You really are looking for somebody who is going to be a partner with you for a very long time. So you interview them. You do what you can to to find somebody aligned with you. And you do that while you're well because you don't want to have to do this when your fever went up to 101 and, uh, and you're starting to cough. You want to do that beforehand. So we've got a full panel today. We've got one guest, but I've got my two amazing co-hosts, which is lovely. I could spend some time with them before the holiday here officially begins. So Bob Reynolds, welcome to the Health Hour. Hello, Bernadette. Happy so Friday. Good. Yeah, happy Friday. So good to see you, sir. Um, and uh, anyone new to the show, uh, Bob is with the board of Informed Choice Washington, but he's also with leadership of the Washington chapter of Children's Health Defense, one of the many hats that he wears. Um, And um, anybody who like gets active in this movement, we do seem to end up with, um, hold on, I've got something goofing up here. I apologize. Um, Wearing multiple hats And that just means that we need more people to volunteer and step up and give us a hand, don't we, Bob? (laughs) Yes, we do. We have had a lot of people reach out. I would say that we're just so busy keeping up with just the way that our uh, charities operate that we can't even help uh, organize our volunteers. So bear with us and we'll be reaching out. Yes. In fact, if anybody is a good volunteer organizer, we could use help with that in human resources. That's always uh, the most difficult thing. Um, Sounds like we've got something going on with my sound here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on Dr. Javier Figueroa. You talk a little bit, tell people who you are, and if I see if I can fix my sound, and then we're going to bring on Carrie Bennett. 
Well, thank you, Bernadette. And Bob, it's good to see you. Uh, and again, uh, fight always fighting the good fight, uh, not just in, for health freedom, but for freedom in general, at the basis of everything. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And that's that's the key of it. Uh, so, uh, Bernadette, thank you again. It's good to be here. Uh, I know I've been not not constantly here, um, just because there's other there, uh, other duties are happening right there. But uh, my background: I graduated from the University of Washington. Uh, my doctorate is in neurobiology and behavior uh, from the Department of Toxicology. So I have some tr- had training in toxicology. Spent my career in biotech and in the private sector. And uh, just, um, again, came into the field of health freedom and uh, vaccine awareness because of what happened with COVID. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people also came into understanding and uh, becoming more aware of what's actually happening and the deficiencies that we, we've had to encounter, not only at the health freedom level, but also at the governmental level, which affects everything in our life. Exactly. And am I sounding better, uh, you two? Much better, yeah. Oh, fantastic. I think there was a pinched cord here. So thank you for that. And, you know, Javier, I so admire, you know, Bob and I entered COVID sort of our eyes open a bit because we entered this movement before. But individuals like you, I have such admiration for, not that I don't admire you, Bob, but I mean, it was like such a shocker for you. And you not only listened and learned and said, holy cow, I have to do something, but you did it. You stepped in very active, um, holding signs over bridges with us, writing to the University of Washington, all of the work you did. And we have built this amazing family of uh, activists um, and concerned citizens that are now figuring out how to make the world better as the theme song for the Health Hour goes. And now... I'm very excited to introduce a new member of the family to us. She's not new to this movement, but she's new to me. So Carrie Bennett is coming on. Welcome to the Health Hour of Inform Life Radio, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Bernadette. And I'm excited to chat with you all. I get I get three lovely people today. So this is exciting. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to let you go ahead and kind of give us a little bit of your background about who you are and what led you to what you're doing today. Sure. You know, I think like a lot of us who search for alternative health advice or recommendations, I had my own health journey. Um, You know, it kind of it it, it slowly, gradually kind of caught up to me. I as a college athlete, I had crazy joint pain after I graduated from college. I went through a, a, a lot of insomnia issues. But then, you know, when my first son was born, everything kind of hit the fan and I, I developed extreme fatigue, horrible digestive pain. Um, he was a bad sleeper. I was a bad sleeper. We were tired, but we couldn't sleep at the same time. And, you know, in, in the process of having graduated from college with an undergraduate degree in biology, I was already health minded. And so uh, I had a, 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 you know, a knowledge of biology. I went on to become a personal trainer after college. And then I even got a master's degree in applied clinical nutrition and nothing moved the needle enough for me to get me to that point where I thought to myself, oh yeah, I feel good, right? I I felt okay, but I wanted to be thriving. I I had people telling me, oh, you're a mom now. So this is welcome, you know, welcome to your thirties. This is how you're going to feel. Or you're a mom now, this is how you're going to feel. And I just didn't accept that. And I knew, I, I, I just had this feeling inside that I was missing something really foundational when it came to health. 
And I don't recommend this, but I was up late one night scrolling on my phone, right? And trying to figure out why am I not sleeping? Why is my son not sleeping? What am I missing? And I stumbled across a blog post from a neurosurgeon named Dr. Jack Cruz. And he began speaking about light and water and how we are missing so many fundamental things when it comes to our health that we can really start to address. And so I basically, I mean, I just inhaled all of his information. And then he pointed to, you know, 40 different researchers who I'd never heard about before. I inhaled all of their information and I started applying it in my own life. And by that time, I'd also had a clientele that I was dealing mostly with nutrition and movement. And I started applying it to them. And within three days, I was noticing a huge difference in my energy, in my sleep. Within days and weeks, like short periods of time, people were saying, is this placebo effect? And so that's where I start, decided, you know, COVID actually gave me the opportunity. My gym was shut down in Michigan. And so I had to pivot. And so COVID gave me an opportunity at that point to say, okay, this is where I can start. Oh, no. From a social media from a social media perspective. And so um, I started just teaching about this on Instagram and people really loved it. It was new information to them that made sense. It really resonated. And so now that's what I do. I teach both my clients how to apply this, but I also teach practitioners how to apply this as well. And so I'm excited to dive into light and water and circadian rhythm and electrons and mitochondria, all these amazing things that I really try to touch on now in clinical practice. That's so exciting. Any questions, gentlemen, before we move forward? <clears throat> okay, so um, I want to focus mostly on water. And we'll bring you back another day to focus on all of these other elements, okay? But give people a sneak preview of, of the other elements that I'm calling them elements. I don't know the right word for it, but that's fine. The, elements, the energies. energies. Sure, yeah, the energies. Sure, sure. Yeah. Give us a little synopsis of each one before we just dive and in, dive into the water. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the the pillars, right, that I really find fundamental are light, water, electrons, and mitochondria. Um, I'm certain you have all spoken about mitochondria probably fairly extensively, or at least uh, enough for people to recognize that word. Um, but with light, we talk about light and how it sets our circadian rhythm, why that's important for healing and just normal functioning of the human body, how modern living has completely divorced us from natural day-night cycles, and how that really now is being implicated in absolutely every disease state. If we're not in sync with our own circadian rhythm, our own light-dark cycles that are environment, we are not in a state where our body is designed to thrive. Timing is off, healing is off, sleep is off, and that can create a lot of cellular chaos and inflammation. Then there's electrons, right? Electrons are what I call the energy currency of the body. It's it's a negative charge. Um, I think I think this might be something we can dive into even today because that plays in with the water a little bit. But when I went to school um, and I know Javier, I'm certain this might ring a bell to you as well, is that I was taught that the only source of energy that we ran off of was called ATP, right? The energy currency that the mitochondria make. And it turns out that that's not the case. That is a source of energy, but there's alternative sources, including touching my feet to the earth and allowing mm -hmm. electrons to flow into my body. Those electrons are a currency that I use to, you know, I can charge up my cell membranes. I can heal inflammation with them. So in a, very much an underrated aspect of healing. Absolutely. Then, you know, obviously the mitochondria come into play. I love to talk about them from an alternative perspective, because guess what? 
they make a byproduct that has often been um, just, you know, it's, that it's, it's just ignored or it's reduced to a byproduct. But mitochondria make water mm-hmm. inside of our cells. And that water inside of our cells behaves very differently than what we think of as water in a glass in its liquid state. I'm excited to dive into those details. And so water and mitochondrial health really go hand in hand. And so anything that impairs mitochondrial function is going to impair intracellular water inside of us. And by the end of this show, I want everyone to realize why that matters so much for our energy, the energy capacity of the cell. Wow. Okay. Again, gentlemen, any questions for her on what she said? You're nodding away, Javier, which really excites me because it shows that in your research, with neurobiology, it's resonating. Not, not only in neurobiology, I mean, I, I, I postdoc with, with Jerry Pollock in his lab. And, uh, you know, basically, like what you said, ATP is considered the energy source, but most people don't realize that it is just an organizing molecule. It is not the source of energy. It is basically, a, uh, it is a battery. And ATP unleashes electrons, and the electrons are what do the work in in mitochondria, and you're absolutely correct. Mitochondria are not only a source of charge, they're a source of water, and they're a source of structured water with charge and with light. That's the other part that most people don't realize. Mitochondria emit light, mm-hmm. and that is what organizes a lot of the cells. <laughs> it's and, no and wonder the farm, oh, go ahead, Bob. It's amazing to have two people really on the same page there with that <laughs> set of information, but- yeah. uh, <laughs> One thing that I've seen uh, in some of the clinics and some of our alternative health methods that we've tried has been some of the LED light and different frequencies. Yeah. And I, I guess that is what is enhancing those kinds of uh, impingements on your mitochondria. It's, yeah, it absolutely is one of those things. So there, the, the mitochondria have something called the electron transport chain where electrons flow through. And at step four of this electron flow, water is made, right? It's called cytochrome C oxidase. And cytochrome C oxidase requires, it's called a cytochrome. So chrome light, it it needs light to function best. And it turns out it needs red and near infrared wavelengths, which are what, that's right. Am I still here? It's what's found in red light therapy panels. So absolutely, you're going to get better functioning mitochondria when you use red light therapy because you provide the body with the exact wavelengths the mitochondria need to optimize the water. And not only that, we have to think about it. Why why are we so deficient in red and near infrared light? Well, we've now omitted those wavelengths from our light bulbs because for energy efficiency of our house, We have modern window glass that also blocks those wavelengths for energy efficiency for our house. But now the human body is energy deficient because those wavelengths that are always found in light, natural light, whether it's cloudy, sunny, rainy, we have those wavelengths from sunrise till sunset. And so we're designed to basically be outside soaking in that light and allowing our mitochondria to make as much water and ATP as the situation demands. And now we're, we've divorced ourselves from those light frequencies, those colors, and our mitochondria are suffering. You add in the toxins now that are also impairing mitochondrial function, which I know I think we, we are very aware that Spike can do that, but also just toxins we find in our tap water, toxins we find in, 
in all sorts of uh, body care products, pretty much every aspect of our lives, we are exposed to toxins that can also impair those mitochondria. So it's quite a whammy, right? It's quite, it's quite a conundrum for the, the producers of water inside of us. And we haven't even talked about why that water matters so much. I mean, that, and we can, I, I mean, Javier alluded to Dr. Pollock's work and it was his work that really was a game changer for me in clinical practice, understanding that the water creates energy for us. And if we could maximize that, all of a sudden the cells have the capacity to heal and thrive. So I get to play dumb still then if we hydrate ourselves and hopefully it's toxin for your low toxin water. If we hydrate the heck out of ourselves, are we helping this cellular level energy transfer process? Not necessarily because the mitochondria really are responsible for the cell, the hydration inside of the cell. And the water we drink, it, it makes sure our blood volume is filled and that blood volume can leak its fluid into the space between the cells where the lymphatic system lives and it can clear waste away. So that's beautiful, right? But the majority of the water that our cells have is based on what the mitochondria can make for us. And if they're not making it, our cells are dehydrated. And it goes just beyond the, oh, I got, I'm dehydrated. I feel like I have a headache or a little weak or a muscle cramp. It's the cell begins to shut down its function because of how that water behaves as a battery inside of our cells. I'm, I'm rather blown away. The past few years, I have, you've just introduced me to the fact that our bodies make water, our cells make water. I had no idea. I didn't know until recently, past few years, that our bodies make hypochlorous acid you know, which I, I have a little unit thing I can make my own, you know, but it's this wonderful um, electrolyzed salt water, basically. And it, it, it does amazing things for your immune system and to protect you. I didn't know our bodies made hydrogen peroxide, but it does. And, and so I, I'm just so excited that, and I can understand why big industry is really concerned about a very knowledgeable public because the more we learn about modern life and what we're doing, and the more we learn about really what makes us function and healthy down at the center, the cellular energetic level, the more we realize we don't need probably 99% of what mankind is making. <laughs> we need to return, you know, I, I, so yes, I'm, quite happy here. I'm very excited to, before we begin, I want to know on your website, which will show um, viewers, do you have like resources, guides to like help guide people in, in lifestyle choices to begin incorporating this? Absolutely. So Fantastic. I offer something called my circadian starter kit. You can find okay. that. And it ha it's a very comprehensive free resource for people to start recognizing light and water and how to apply these things in life, in their lives to just notice a change fairly quickly. So okay. um, please feel free to check out my website for that. It's a, it's an amazing resource that I just want to get out there as much as I can. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So I guess we are ready then to dive into water. <laughs> okay. Right. So now we've set the stage, right? That somehow the water inside of our cells behaves differently than water in a glass. And so Growing up, this was probably what fifth grade biology, I was taught that water exists in three states, a solid, ice, a liquid, water, right? And gas, right? Vapor. And Dr. Pollock, who that's so cool that you, <laughs> you studied with him, um, Dr. Pollock really started to recognize that when water interacts 
with a specific surface. It's a water loving surface. So picture the difference between when you throw water on a surface and it beads up versus when you throw water on a surface and it really sticks and gels to the well, it turns out the water, every surface inside of our cells is water loving or almost every surface inside of our cells is water loving. When water, when liquid water made by the mitochondria interacts with these surfaces, they're called hydrophilic surfaces, the water rearranges itself. It, it actually restructures and organizes itself into a very distinct pattern. And so before I go into just wait before I go into that to see what that distinct pattern is. I want you to just kind of go into your like go into your um, imaginary microscope and you're looking at the you're looking at a glass of water. Right. And you see these H2O molecules interacting with each other in their liquid state or in their their fluid state that in like the water we would drink. We call this bulk water in the research. This type of water, if I were to take a look at how those H2O molecules were interacting with each other, they, there wouldn't be really a rhyme or reason. It'd be fairly random, right? I'd have the one H2O, they'll be bonding here, then they'll be bonding over here, then over here, right? There's not a lot of structure or organization to them. And when, and so also, if we go back then to that type of liquid water, if I go into my chemistry math brain and I count up all the H's, which have a positive charge, and all of the O's, and the electrons associated with them that have a negative charge, they, they cancel each other out. They're, it's neutral. Liquid water is neutral. It has no charge. So it, it, good. All good stuff, right? All stuff we probably have learned at some point in our lives. All, all, all accurate information. But what Dr. Pollock's lab found, it was that when that water inside of us comes in contact with a hydrophilic or a water-loving surface, it organizes itself so that the H2O molecules take on a honeycomb linkage. So picture honeycomb sheets of water lining themselves up next to every biological surface. This structured water he calls exclusion zone water because it literally pushes stuff away from the surfaces of proteins, of membranes, of other compartments inside of the cell. And what's even cooler about that is that if you were to take an electrode and put it into the exclusion zone, you measure a negative charge, right? It actually has a negative charge to it, unlike water in a glass. And it turns out that's not just a negative charge there. To get the negative charge, the water had to kick out a positive charge. And the positive charge hydrogen, the proton, lines up right next to it. And so Dr. Pollock's lab has shown biological surface, negatively charged exclusion zone water, positively charged proton zone. He put electrodes into each attached to a light bulb and it lit up the light bulb, right? We, we can derive true energy and voltage and work from the water inside of us because it behaves completely differently than we ever were taught. I mean, I don't, I mean, and frankly, this has been known for quite some time. Like Dr. Pollock's work is building on, you know, work from Gilbert Ling even, which was in the seventies. And I mean, like this is, this has been known for quite some time and it's just never been incorporated into modern research or biochemistry because it's inconvenient right? It's inconvenient to have to redo so many different experiments. It's inconvenient to have to talk about protein receptor, or like to talk about receptors and their shape based on this water. It's just, it's just not, not necessarily fun for people to have to go back and unlearn a bunch of stuff and relearn. So it's been conveniently ignored. Um, but what I'm realizing in clinical practice, if this is one thing that people understand, if they understand this is how their body behaves with the water, if they know how to optimize how the mitochondria produce this water 
And if they know how sunlight expands and charges this water, it is the most foundational thing one can do for their health. This is so cool. Is it, am I way off base to think that the science here and what is going on is similar to what is going on in a hydrogen powered vehicle? Similar. Yeah. Hydrogen, that's that's a whole other story about melanin and melanin's interaction with water. That is what you're getting at with that. So that have me on, I'll talk all about melanin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, but no, but but you're you're right. There is a separation of charges. Um and that can that can happen to be the same. Very it's very similar. But what this water does inside of us, um, as Javier was pointing out, it's like when that when that water can form around proteins, it holds proteins in their perfect shape. Exactly. What do we think of like why why are why why is Alzheimer's disease bad? Because there's proteins that are not shaped correctly, right? That's a lot of how disease manifests is because proteins in which do all the work for us and enzymes that do all the work for us inside of our cells, they don't take on the correct shape. And this water because actually it's not just a liquid. When it structures itself like this, it has more of a gel-like consistency. So picture, it can hold these proteins in their perfect configuration for them to do all the work they need to do. And so there's a big difference between a protein that's shaped like this, that's optimum versus it's folded, right? This protein will not do the work. It has to take on the accurate configuration. And the is what allows the, the, the protein to do just that. And so, you know, I mean, I, I can't emphasize enough, like this is fundamental cellular biology that needs to be taught. I mean, I, it needs to be taught from basically fourth grade onward where we learn about water and it's different phases. And if that starts to happen, then, and if children start to recognize that, oh, wait a second, the water inside of me, I can take care of it in a way that helps to optimize my health. We'll talk about such an empowering message we can teach the future moving forward. They don't have to rely on chemicals, right? They can actually start to rely on things like nature um, in order to help support their health. I'm, I'm excited to dive into your resources. Um, here in Tennessee, we're working on putting together um, what we hope will be a pilot program for school, for nutrition, for food. Um, and I would love to incorporate this information about water. So, you know, do you have resources for, you know, younger? If not, maybe we can get you to develop something for various age groups to help them understand these concepts. Absolutely. Well, what the cool part about the, um, I work for the Institute of Applied Quantum Biology. That's that's what this falls under. It's called quantum biology. Um, and we've certified so many health professionals in it, including professionals who actually now homeschool and want to make this part of the homeschool curriculum. And wow. so I'm certain we can come up with some really great resources. Nice. Wow. What, um, you know, I, I've heard the term quantum. I remember there's a TV show called Quantum Physics or Quantum Quantum, quantum, quantum Leap. leap. Quantum That's leap, what yeah. it was, right? <laughs> I, but I can't say that I ever truly understood what it means. Is there, can you give mm -hmm. a definition? Very, very small, right? Below the level of the atom. So if my body is made up of cells and those, each one of those cells is made up of an atom and each atom then is made up of some combination of protons, electrons, and neutrons. That's really the level we're at right there, the sub-molecular level, right? The, the, the sub-atomic level. And so just think very, very tiny scale. And so we now know enough about the human body and how it operates at that tiny, tiny scale to be able to influence it for health. Influence it in the way we were designed to influence it. 
-hmm. rather than it just even now just thinking about these am i right maybe describing them large molecule interventions that the pharmaceutical companies want to shove at us when you know we're working on these levels of energy that can't touch that this is very exciting um so so okay can you now kind of go on um you you touched on very various aspects of of the structured water this these different exclusion zones mm -hmm. so what does that mean exclusion so you're saying that it on the surface of the, like inner linings of our body it, it the water is creating this gel-like substance mm -hmm. that prevents that creates sort of a, a barrier negative here positive there in a way that's very protective mm -hmm. is what you're saying okay Absolutely. um and i've heard dr james lines weiler talk quite a bit about misfolded proteins i didn't i didn't quite understand it from this angle before so i'm gonna have to go back and re re read some of the things he's talked about misfolded proteins have a lot to do with um neurological um damage and issues yeah, yeah. Wow. And Are, so can I ask a question on that? Then mm -hmm. misfolded proteins, wrong shaped proteins, and they don't then behave great. Isn't that just a different chemical altogether? A different molecule nope. or a different it, it still has the same atoms linked together. It's just taken the wrong configuration. And it doesn't work anymore. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That is truly amazing. It's a geometric thing. It's the, the body of that the body works on geometry. I mean, it really, really does. And we're even we're even the research is also even alluding to that we have to think beyond like hormone receptor, like hormone docks into the receptor. And that's the only way that it has to operate because of the fact that we we are too fast, too complex to have to have my thyroid make a hormone that has to work its way through the bloodstream and dock to a receptor to have an action. Like we have to have things happen like that. And so if we talk about geometry, think tuning forks, right? Think about things that resonate together. If if I have a, a, a hormone and a receptor that resonate together because they're tuned to the same way, they need the shape. So that's, that's if I have two tuning forks in a room, like both tuned to the letter C, right? And one of them, all of a sudden, if I were to strike one of them, boom, the other one would automatically start vibrating, even if it wasn't struck. That's called resonance. But if all of a sudden I take a hammer and chip off a part of this tuning fork so it no longer has the correct shape, and then I try I strike the first one and I try to get this second one to resonate, it's not going to resonate. Shape matters. Geometry So, I mean, it's it really is this next level way of viewing how the body operates. Okay, and I'm tying I'm tying that to my engineering background and my material science and and some of the solid metals, they like lattice structures. So in yep. organic chemistry, it makes sense. That actually fits together on purpose because it's a very regular systemic way to organize itself. Why not in inorganic molecules in, in chemistry? I find that almost every um, technology that's been engineered that's, you know, electronic or, or modern technology is actually a reverse engineering of what's happening inside the body. Right. And so what you'll find, even with the geometry of how the water organizes itself in that exclusion zone, that honeycomb linkage, that actually that's like a semiconductor. Right. It, it's doped with an extra electron. So now all of a sudden I can connect. I can flow these electrons. But that's that's an energy currency for my body. I can flow them anywhere they're needed at any time, because guess what? This is the most mind blowing thing about this exclusion zone water. 
it is the interface for everything. So nothing is touching. No molecules are touching each other. No parts of my body are touching each other except through this interface of exclusion zone water. And so that means this is the, this is like the super highway. I call it the quantum connective tissue or the, the super highway, basically, that all of these uh, electrons and protons can flow because when it, when it comes down to it, what is a biochemical reaction? But it's the movement of like electrons, right? I mean, it has to do with with with, with uh, the, the the quantum world that I'm dealing with. And so we have to recognize that this is the this is so cool. Like this is actually the level that the body can intercommunicate instantaneously. It's faster than the nervous system. I'm I'm certain Javier has come across that. It's faster than the nervous system. It is. Uh, it's way, I mean, it's way faster than me, me thinking about something too, obviously, th- like, let, let me, let me think about moving my, my bicep, but it's faster than just a, a spontaneous, you know, reaction from the nervous system. So it's, it's really where we have to start looking at optimizing our health. And in order to, to do that, and this is, I, um, uh, Javier, you alluded to this, which I, I think I want to really highlight for people. And it's that the mitochondria, they make this water, right? They make this water but they also make light and the light that they make is called is infrared light. It is the wavelength range of light that Dr. Pollock found would charge up this water battery. So, so naturally throughout the course of the day, this exclusion zone water can go shrink and it's meant to be built back up and shrink and be built back up. And so the mitochondria have everything we need in order to do that. And if we needed a little extra charge up, guess what? We go outside because infrared light, again, expands this exclusion zone water. And so if we mind our mitochondria and if we get our body into sources of infrared light, namely the sun, but it's also why things like sauna therapy can be so powerful, we we become this, these fully charged, beautiful water batteries. I say we are batteries charged by sunlight because of the water that lives inside of us. And if we can understand that, it's it's empowering, it's free. It's it's um it's seemingly too good to be true, but I've seen it thousands of times now and so I know it's not. <laughs> Has this four-step cycle been reproduced in vitro? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Bob, because I actually have a video of research that I did in, in Jerry's lab showing exclusion zone formation. So That's amazing. So uh, I, you, you can share that with us? I can, as a matter oh. of fact, yes. Let me what? share it if, if I can. Yeah, let's see if we can get that going. While you're pulling that up, um, Carrie, I've heard the term interstitial. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, can, is that what we're talking about here, the interstitial, or is that something different? Something different. Okay, okay. so there are still some fluid-based components to the body, right? The, the, the blood, now the lining every blood vessel, there is this exclusion zone water. And actually, this exclusion zone water drives blood flow beyond the heart, right? This is actually the primary mover of the blood. That's a whole other topic we can go into at some point. And so if you're looking at at supporting cardiovascular health, this is key. And and yeah, oh yeah, there you go. So Javier, you want to describe what what we're seeing? Yeah, and um, remember, we do have an an audio and podcast. Absolutely. Describe what we're going to be seeing here, yeah. So what Carrie was explaining was exclusion zone water. That's the term that Jerry's lab came up with to describe what's happening. Uh, it's water, it's ordered water that excludes things like salts, large objects, but allows things like proteins that are, that are designed to be in exclusion zone water uh, to live inside of it. So what we have right here in the image is a piece of glass. And this 
dark spot right there is a line of a material called Nafion. And Nafion has this great ability to, uh, it, it was used to actually um, by NASA to uh, uh, convert hydrogen and oxygen into electricity and water. So it was part of a, of a, of a, of a system to generate electricity for the, uh, for the Apollo moon missions. But it has another interesting um, uh, ability in that it's really good at forming exclusions on stone water. So what we have right here is a um, basically a, a solution of water with microbeads, really small micron-sized plastic beads. And so I'm going to um, press the play button and focus right there on that little dot. It's basically a, a line uh, running up and down on, on the image. But what you're going to see is, well, you're just going to see it. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. So okay. that right there is the, the, the piece of Nafion is creating an exclusion zone, which is pushing away those large particles. So that right there is organized water. And that's what we, uh, you know, what, what Jerry predicts was, is in our cells. And if you were to stick an electrode into that, area right there, you would see what Doc, uh, what Carrie was talking about is you'll see a charge increase because all of a sudden that organized water is creating layers and layers of uh, uh, basically creating a negative region. And if you were to stick an electrode uh, on this side, it would be a positive region. And that's how cells actually work. They create a very negative charge inside of cells. Yeah. But so, you want to know what, what's interesting about that? And so here's where I like to kind of get people thinking along that negative charge inside of the cell because we're taught typically that we alkaline is the word that's used right alkaline because the interior of the cell has a slight alkalinity to it now 7.4 pardon me oh, 7. Yeah, 7. 4? right right yeah around 7.3 to 7.4 right in there very healthy and so but you know another way of saying that alkaline is just another way of saying negative charge right having enough electrons in it so that the body has full cellular health. And in fact, Dr. Pollock has shown and other research as well, that as the cell loses this negative charge, you'll start to see the appearance of things like cancer, right? right. What the cell loses charge, all of a sudden the cell turns cancerous. And it's like, okay, what it really like, it, could it be as simple as maintaining this exclusion zone water for health? And I certainly think it plays a huge role, huge role. I mean, Bernadette, going back to that interstitial fluid, we have fluid in the body, right? But what I'm going to tell you is that this exclusion zone water drives the flow of that fluid. Huh? The reason we don't have a pump for our lymphatic system, yes, our muscles move our lymph, but this exclusion zone water actually has been shown to drive flow as well. So I'm certain Javier is familiar with this experiment in, in um, Jerry's lab, and that is he put that Nafion a substance, he made a tube out of it, right? He got a tube of Nafion. And what he did is he put this Nafion tube inside of water with those little microspheres, right? Those microspheres help us to show, see flow. And as soon as he submerged the tube, flow happened through the tube instantaneously and it stayed that way. So this is flu flow without a pump. And now that we know that every vessel inside of our bodies our cardiovascular system, our lymphatic system, right? Exactly. Every every aspect of our body that requires flow, it appears as though this is the mechanism that's at play. 
So like, again, like a battery, it's, is it the positive to negative flow that's pushing well, it? Like as a the proton, as that proton gets kicked out of the exclusion zone, right? So that's the, the that's the mechanism of, of the flow. As this exclusion zone forms, a proton gets kicked out. And as it gets ejected, it drives the flow and it organizes the flow. It's called a vortex laminar flow. That's a very healthy flow state, right? We don't want turbulent flow. We want a very organized flow. And that's, it's being driven and organized by that water, that exclusion zone water. <laughs> Bob, that's pretty yeah. amazing. So I know we're on a, mostly a radio show for audio or podcast later, but I picture the old picture, you know, a diagram of a cell. It's got a cell wall. <laughs> it's got organelles. It's got a nucleus. You've got your mitochondria in the cytoplasm. Where is this exclusionary water around the organelles or around the cell wall? No, everywhere. Like you picture, picture that same exact cell diagram, right? And you cut that. It's a cell that's cut in half and you see blue in the background. That's the water, the cytosol, the cytosol, the water inside of the cell is exclusion uh, zone water. It's all, it's all okay. exclusion Thank zone you. water. It's yep. the suspension almost. It's it the, is. Cyto, it's a, it's it, the exactly. cytoplasm without the other identifiable structures. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, it's the, the water, the cytoplasm is this gelled water. But if you were to take a look at that, like I did, you know, growing up and all throughout uh, undergrad and grad school, it looked just like a water balloon to me. I would have assumed that that was just fluid water for the most part, right? Until you start to understand these dynamics. I just love the arrogance of man because there's all through history, scientists have described certain things. Oh, those are junk cells. Junk DNA. <laughs> junk DNA. <laughs> you know, that's an appendix. You don't need it. You know, if they can't figure out what it is, they just say, ah, it's just some, it's just water. It's just this, you, you know. And, um, and then like you were saying that once something is learned that is revolutionary about really what's going on, they don't want to go to do the work. I mean, everything's been established. And when they did discover the the lymphatic systems directly tied to the brain, they discovered in 15 or 16, there was a headline at one of the universities, the ones who discovered it, they said, we're going to have to rewrite all the textbooks. But as far as I know, they have not rewritten all the textbooks. And, you know, when you've got, I guess one of the main problems is when you have many industries that are making a very good living based on the old ideas of what's going on in our bodies, there's very little incentive to update and move. And especially since the uh, what we need to stay healthy based on this new knowledge is the sun and the earth <laughs> and what grows in the earth. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Clean water. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really is that simple. And so I think it's easy to get bogged down in um, a complicated, you know, supplement regimen even or a, a complicated, uh, I mean, even a complicated diet, right? I, I just say, eat what's local, eat, eat what's seasonal, find your regenerative farmers, right? Because they're there. They, 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 want, they, they want to take good care of the plants, to take good care of the soil that then feeds and nourishes us, right? And then get in touch with your local light environment. Get sunlight on your skin. We've been taught to fear the sunlight. And that is the exact wrong thing to do. Um, and, and when we do get our bodies in the sunlight, we charge up these water batteries, our blood flows better, our mood is enhanced, and there's such amazing chemistry behind the light interaction with these things. Our metabolism enhance, is enhanced, our inflammation goes down, our pain goes down. And so 
we just have to start experiencing it ourselves. And if you fear the sun right now, go out first thing in the morning, right? Before it feels too intense, maybe for you, go out first thing in the morning and start to experiment with that light and how you feel. I tell clients, take a morning walk. The changes that happen in our circadian signaling and with the light alone from sunrise until about two hours later is a game changer. So take a morning walk, be aware of your light environment at night. So I I have a purposefully dim environment, right? You know, being in Michigan, it's dark here. And so I'm telling my brain the day is ending and our mitochondria that make the water inside of us are sensing all of these things too. And they're adapting to that as well. And so if we just start to mind a couple of key things, it really lays the foundation for for just beautiful health and longevity. That's so exciting. um, Shoot, it went right out of my brain. I had my next question for you and it went, gentlemen, Help me out here. Can I try? I've got <laughs> yes, a question. Yes, yes. Well, following on, on Pollock's studies and findings, uh, have other scientists and studies then been f- discovering things that interfere with specifically the creation of this, this yes, water? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So interestingly, um, well, this Pollock's lab was the first one to show this, and I can't find the published research anymore, but... It was out there. I'm not sure where the where the research went. I bet you Dr. Pollock has access to it. But um, non-native EMFs, Wi-Fi, right, 5G can diminish exclusion zone uh, quite substantially, right? Uh, and so that's another aspect of modern living that's kind of, kind of have it coming against us because the wireless radiation not only can start to shrink this exclusion zone water, it also impairs mitochondrial function. And so now all of a sudden we have the mitochondria less capable of making this water for us as well. Every modern chemical you could name, but especially glyphosate is really, really um it, 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 that is really detrimental again because it both shrinks exclusion zone water. And it also impairs mitochondrial function. Aluminum, you know, found found in so many personal care products these days, right? I mean, aluminum is one as well. So every heavy metal, if you will. Um, And so it's just basically modern toxins have the ability to both impair the mitochondria that make this water for us, but also um, can can in in and of itself diminish the the, uh, exclusion zone as well. So you just lose, you, you lose charge, you lose your battery, you drain your cell phone. If you drain your battery down low enough, the cell can't can't the cell can't function at its best. And the analogy I use is a cell phone because we all know that analogy, right? Every cell phone has a threshold, and when it reaches a certain threshold, all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden, you can't live stream something. All of a sudden, you can't take a photo with a flash anymore. All of a sudden, you have to go. It goes into like battery conservation mode, and you can maybe only make a phone call and use the internet just like very very basically. The same thing happens in the cell, right? When we reach this certain threshold, and believe it or not, we can survive on a fairly diminished threshold, right? We really can. We're beautifully beautiful humans that can adapt quite a bit. But once that threshold is reached where we've really lost this charge, this exclusion zone, the cell has to pick and choose what it wants to, what programs it wants to run. And we've got literally 100,000 tasks happening in every single cell every second. And so all of a sudden, I have to shut down 30,000 of those, you know, or, or who knows, right? I'm just making that number up. But all of a sudden, tasks have to go by the wayside. You can imagine over time how that's going to drive cellular dysfunction. And ultimately, then diseases or the symptoms of a disease will start to express themselves depending on which organ or organ system these mitochondria are and this exclusions on water, this charge reduction is happening. 
is is that term sometimes called graceful degradation? <laughs> I've never heard of that before, but that's, I, <laughs> that's what we use in, in. I worked in satellite design for a while, and as your satellites oh. start losing the direct sunlight on their solar panels, you get lower wattage, and you have that <gasps> graceful degradation of your system. <laughs> well, I would say that if in an ideal situation, the mitochondria and the cells are designed for graceful degradation, which would be all of a sudden I'm in a colder environment where the sun is not as strong, right? I can gracefully, slowly start to change my task priorities, but I don't think it's very graceful these days, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking likely your body sends you signals and it's like you're, you need to take a nap. You, you know, you, it probably drives you to to rest so it can conserve. Um, I'm so excited to incorporate this. It resonates with everything that I have learned over my journey of life. I think that's what excites me the most because it's new to me and yet it feels absolutely comfortable. It, it just feels right. Um, and I did do um, my infrared sauna this afternoon. So I'm, I'm feeling even better about it. I'm going to share your website right now. Um, and so you can kind of explain to uh, people what is available. We can take a, maybe a quick tour. Okay. So the, your, your website is your first name, Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, and then the letter B and wellness carriebwellness.com. So uh, what all do you have on this? Sure. And so um, the, the, you'll see like my pillars, light, water, electrons, mitochondria. Um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you scroll, I mean, you can scroll down a little bit further and you'll see that I have access to a couple of different things, right? If you're just starting, that's where you can click on number one underneath there. You'll get my circadian starter kit. You'll okay. start to dive into that information. If if you want to go deeper, I've got many courses, right? I really have tried to create courses that take people through utilizing this information to improve their health, regardless of what it is, right? So when you start to understand that the cause of these diseases has a common denominator, mm -hmm. whether it's a combination of things like circadian dysfunction, diminished exclusions on water, um, mitochondrial dysfunction, right? When you find these common denominators, you don't have to then all of a sudden say, oh, I need a, um, I need to address uh, rheumatoid arthritis or I need to address um, uh, neurodegeneration, right? Like you can start to address some foundational things that, in, well, yes, they'll help with your condition, but they're also just great for the body in general. So you can take a look at those courses. Um, I've got a private community. I love talking about this stuff because I think education is really, it's grassroots education. We start to get people interested just like this to say, like you said, Bernadette, wow, this is interesting. I'm resonating with this. And so that community, I, I do three hours, three and a half hours a week of live Q and A's. So people come on and we chat and we chat about how we can support them. We chat and we chat about maybe I'll chat about ether physics, right? Like I love this stuff. And so we can, we can chat at a whole bunch of different levels. Um, and then I also co-teach a certification program for practitioners. So again, this is not about changing what practitioners currently do. It's about adding to what they have in their repertoire, laying another foundation. If you're a chiropractor, this is another foundation. This is a foundation that you can lay that is a little bit deeper. If you're an acupuncturist, if you're a doctor, uh, we, we now finally have dermatolo a dermatologist in the certification program so who finally understands the need for this. And so it's just a great way if you're a practitioner to really get a good handle on the science and the practical application as well.
This is exciting. We're down just to the last few seconds of the show here, Carrie. So again, your website is carriebewellness.com. Um, can I get a promise from you that in the new year we can book you again and 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 educate people more on this? I feel like this is a great New Year's resolution is all of us to learn more about exclusion water and how to uh, generate it. Everything that you do to improve exclusion water improves every aspect of your health. And they are simple and they are free. How exciting is that? Yeah. So uh, there we go. It, it Names are popping up. So Carrie, last uh, 15 seconds. Sure. Just, you know, here's the deal. Go outside, get natural light exposures, right? If you have a red light therapy panel, use it. If you have a sauna, use it, right? Give your mitochondria what they need in order to make that water and charge that water battery up and your cells will be happy. Very good. So um, we're going next to the Liberty Hour and we're going to have Dr. Henry Ely, also known as Dr. Henele. And we're going to be talking about um, the grand jury. It's not going to be on CHD TV. So please hop on over to Informed Choice Washington's Rumble channel or to our Twitter page and you will find it streaming there. Uh, we'll be looking for you. So everybody have an awesome weekend. Carrie, thank you so much. Bob and Javier, I'll see you on the other side. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Children's Health Defense is a nonprofit organization with a mission to end childhood health epidemics by working aggressively to eliminate harmful exposures, hold those responsible, accountable, and establish safeguards to prevent future harm. The Washington chapter of Children's Health Defense is stepping up at the state and local levels, but we can't do this without you. Join us at wa.childrenshealthdefense.org. Let's restore and defend children's health and their futures in Washington State.